0: We all have a story and we either run from it like all hell or we embrace it and use it as a catalyst for strength. We either allow these battle wounds to be the ground for strength or weakness. My friends, are you letting your story weaken you or give you strength? Our time together today, we're talking about the power of our story The story told to us by our family, who was told to them by their family, and so forth and so on. The trauma, the rejection, the lack of security that we may have had as a child, and how it's laid the narrative for our life. We talk about how you can free yourself from this prison of your past, which was a lesson, not a life sentence. Join me now. Welcome to our community, friends. I am thrilled that you have found your way here. I want to give a shout out to our friends in Athens, Georgia, you Southern peaches. Thank you so, 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 so much from the bottom of my heart for showing up to be here with us, be a part of our community and show up for you. I am so happy to have you here right where you belong. If you're feeling directionless, frustrated, exhausted, mentally and physically and just knowing that you were meant for for more, you have made your way to the right place. My name is Megan Miller. I'm an intentional living expert that offers high performing go-getters simple daily micro steps for putting attention to intention. So they stop sleepwalking through life and start living with more inspiration, fulfillment and connection. I know, because I've been there, I was there the majority of my life, having my life on autopilot, living just to make it to Friday, being the woman everyone wanted me to be, but me and feeling like I was meant to do more. That is until I got brave and still enough to really uncover what I wanted. And I'm here to share my lessons with you to help you navigate through your own journey. Together, we will share small, practical, intentional steps that will help you maximize how you show up in the world to create a life that you're passionate about. Welcome to putting attention to intention. My friends, you beautiful people, here we are together again on this Sunday afternoon. And whew, eh, if you are living in the Northeast, I bet you are freezing your buns off. So Michael and I just came back. We went um for the weekend to see our daughter up um, in New Hampshire. And I'll tell you what, beautiful, beautiful God's country. I, I kept saying to him on the drive, um, like this, this is reconnecting to nature and and this is mother nature and she's a beaut. But I'll tell you what, she's a cold ass beaut. (laughs) It was it was four degrees, four fucking degrees. I even turned down the offer to go to the bar with Michael after we had dropped Allie off at work. Uh, uh, he said, hey, you want to go grab a drink? And I was like, oh, hell no. I want to get back to that room. I want to put as many flannel flannel layers on as I possibly can. So my friends, wherever this finds you listening to this, I hope you are bundled up as all hell. And if you're in a warm, sunny destination, I am saying damn you right now. <laughs> so that that's not the point of our time together today. I, I do have a completely different conversation I want us to, to get to. I was having dinner with a dear dear girlfriend the other night and it was one of those dinners where you spill your soul. And it's like you're it's like you're g- playing a game of ping pong. And I'm talking like the Forrest Gump ping pong where it's just going back forth back forth back forth and you're sharing and you're sharing everything under the sun, you're going all over the place. And before you know it, you've laughed, you've cried. You're drunk because you had two bottles of wine and it was only supposed to be a quick drink. And you're like, God, that I feel like I was just on a spiritual journey here. <laughs> it was one of those that was good for the soul. And if you have not had one of those in a while, I want you to put this on pause right now call one of your girls and book some time together. It can even be, it can even be just a phone chat, a phone date in the car, something to connect with your girls because we all need that and it's good for the soul. So one of the many topics we talked about, and there were many, was these stories that that come up from our childhood. And we all have one. And when I think to that, point in our conversation where we were where we were talking about these stories from our childhood, I want to want to highlight two things. So the first is one, how how true that is. And I think my first thought is to how we work alongside people and we never know their stories. I was working along someone for 10 plus years, 10 years, that's a full decade. I knew his wife. He knew Michael. I knew we had a baby and there was some facade shit. But the basis of our relationship was work. And every meeting we had was boom, task done. And I and I really blame myself for a lot of that for so long. I had always told myself that, well, that was just the Northeasterner in me, that if I have if I have time in your calendar for 30 minutes, I want to focus on what we need to get done. Thank you. And goodbye. And how many of our relationships are like that, right? Where you are just focused on getting the task done. And when it's done, thank you, goodbye, on to the next. And ooh, if I get 10 minutes extra, that's wonderful. Maybe I can use the restroom in between before my next call. Like we are just such task-driven creatures. When I started to get intentional about wanting to know these people in our life, how we spend a lot, of time with our colleagues. Don't you want to know who they are as humans outside of Bob, the accountant? And so not only when I had this thought of wanting to get to know these people more intentionally, this colleague I'm referring to, he became more human to me more than just the role that I saw him in, which was the basis of our conversations. And not only did I find out that he likes to write music, he records music, he's been in some TV shows and movies because he has a friend on in L.A. that produces this stuff. And here I had worked alongside him for 10 years, a decade, 10 years, and I had no idea, none. Ever since we had that conversation, There has been this connection, like this unspoken, just connection, like a secret club. I got your back. That 10-minute conversation completely changed our 10-minute relationship. So why do I tell you that story? As you go through your day, your week, your month, I want you to think about all the people in your life that you engage with regularly. I know nothing about it could be the person at the door the school that you pick your children up from here. I see you every day and I know nothing about you. How could your relationship change if you took the time to truly get to know them? This doesn't need to be an hour long therapy session. It can be a five minute conversation that changes a relationship. So that's one. That's the first thing I want to tell you. And then the second thing around these ideas of these stories from our childhood is how we all have this story and we either run from it or we embrace it. We've all heard of Shark Tank, right? Which, by the way, is just an amazing show. And for those of you that haven't, it's a US based show where entrepreneurs come on and they share their ideas and they're judged by this panel of highly successful entrepreneurs. So you basically want to go on there, pitch your concept, and get backed by one of these entrepreneurs for your ventures. And one of these judges is Barbara. I'm totally going to jack up her last name. Is it Corsa? Corsagon? Corsagon? So anyway, I totally jacked that up. But it's Barbara from Shark Tank. You can Google it. She has the short blonde hair. She's a fucking powerhouse and she's over. She's worth over. I think she got into real estate or something. She's worth over one hundred million dollars today. Did you know that she was poor and dyslexic? A hundred million dollar entrepreneur today. No, no silver spoon born in her uh, born in her mouth. She created this wealth for herself and she was poor and dyslexic. She was one of ten children living in this little two bedroom apartment in New Jersey. In Cliff, no version. She finds a prince charming or so she thinks to take her out of this childhood situation that she's in. And I think we all look for that, right? I, I did for so long, someone to come and save me. And never once did I think to myself, the only person that's going to get me out of out of this is me. So here she finds this guy to save her from this childhood home that she's in. And here she is taking care of his children, helping run his business. And he tells her one day he's leaving her for the secretary. Oh, So I had heard this story and I I heard her talk about it and how she embraced what happened in her life. And she used these battle wounds for strength and not a weakness. I just loved that. When I heard that, it just made me fall even more in love with her because I was like, hell yeah, hell yeah, you don't let these, these battle wounds be a weakness for you. There's so many people we know that when that happened to them, they would have cowered and hid. But no, she rose to the battle. And I thought that's so that right there, that mindset that I am using these battle wounds for strength. That is part of my story. And I'm using that for a catalyst to change the path of my life. When you think of that, right? Like This is just part of my story. I'm using this as a catalyst to change the path of my life. That's what sets those apart from those that flounder. When you own your story and you view it as a part of your journey and you give yourself permission to change it and remove it, and you understand the message in it versus letting our emotions take, o- take over, which is the anger, the resentment, the guilt. That when you feel that way, you are placing your story in someone else's hands. My friends, are you letting your story weaken you or give you strength? I look back at my own story You know, and it's so funny. I was having a conversation with a girlfriend of mine. We have worked together for 10 plus years. I was sharing with her the website, the community we're building. And she's like, Meg, did you think that you would ever be here? And I think, God, no, 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 no. I look back at that 20 year old version of myself. And I think how insecure she was, how she wanted validation from the outside world, how she was so anxious and nervous all the time that she never enjoyed the moment. And a lot of that came from my childhood wounds, the absentee father, the single mother who had worked her ass off. And I also felt responsibility to care for her. Chubby kid from Central PA, who was labeled not smart, And I had a speech impediment. I felt like I had to fight and claw for everything I had. And I look back to think how I was able to push through. I got out of that town. I kept finding the courage to do better and be better. And a lot of that came down to the knowledge that was given to me by my mother. But I also think a lot of that came from my strength of seeing what was around me and knowing that I didn't want that for my life. Whatever your story is, whatever you grew up believing, just because that story was told by generations in your family before you, you don't need to become that story. You don't need to become whatever happened to you as a child. Most people experience some form of trauma or rejection lack of security as a kid. And it's not that, well, for the most part, our parents didn't do this on purpose. They just repeated what they learned. Pain travels through families until someone is ready to repair it. I'm going to repeat that again because I think that's just so powerful. Pain travels through families until someone is ready to repair it. Our brain is not a good taskmaster. It's not a good leader. It follows the pack, which is why guarding your brain, telling it what to look for, because it will then find it. It's kind of like a dog, right? With the fetch, you go and you throw that stick and they're going to get it and bring it back to you. That's the same thing with our brain. Whatever you ask it to find, it will find, which Is why reason number 567, why intentional living is just such a fundamental way to change what we look for and change our lives, being aware of what we feed our brain, being aware of the stories we tell ourselves, being aware of the story we tell ourselves about our story. Now, how's that for a tongue twister? It's just so important. When was the last time you told your story to yourself in a subjective manner? Have you ever done that and faced the pain head on instead of running like hell from it? Sometimes I'll talk to myself, especially when I'm journal writing. And this actually has been a great journal prompt for me, is kind of like I'm fact checking my own story. Like I'll, I'll talk to myself like I'm talking to one of my best friends. And that has been really cathartic and sort of uncovering these things that I was running from. Listen, we can give advice to our best friend all day long, but we can't give it to ourselves. And, you know, inside what advice to give yourself. And I think when you're able to look at it through that lens, it just changes the narrative. And you tell yourself falsehoods or were told falsehoods as part of your family story for so long that if you don't fact check them, you believe them to be truth. When my father was absent from our life for years, I was so hurt. I felt like I wasn't good enough, like I couldn't be loved. What did I do to push him away? So I had that. And then I went to anger, you know, F him for leaving us. How do you leave your kids? You know, the whole whole story. And for so many years, so, so, so many years, I was this mixture of hurt and sadness. And I couldn't even talk about it without sobbing. Typically, 90% of the time, I would talk about it after having 75 beers and sobbing and then feeling like shit afterwards. and FYI, for the longest time, that is how I dealt with trauma. I would bottle it up and then I would get super wasted and I would spew it out and then think to myself the next day out of sheer embarrassment, what the hell did I say? (laughs) Have you ever been there? Have you? Oh, it's the worst. So may I highly recommend the alternative instead of feeling like shit the next day? because you drank too much, you bottled it up, you shared too much. And who the hell knows how it came out? Maybe you take a little time for yourself sober before it gets to that point and take five minutes out of your morning and journal and get those thoughts out of your head before they get hammered and come out every which way that you didn't want. And then you're embarrassed and then you feel like shit. And then it's just a, a horrible cycle. So the catalyst for my need to control things in my life came from that hurt that I had for my father not being there. That that need to control came from feeling like there was just so much out of control of my life that I really had to hang on tight to things that I could control. And here's one thing. I never even put this shit together until recently. You ever have one of those like aha moments where you think to yourself, oh, my God, that makes perfect sense as to why I did that. So there was a time in my life I was so addicted to the drug of achievement. It was it was consuming everything that that I was doing. And I wanted to save the day in in every area of that business. Oh, I was a hot mess. And I. I had someone on my team say to me one day, you know, Meg, you eat the same thing at the same time every day. And I think it's because that's the only thing you can control. And I thought to myself, that is so true. But what I did not realize, and I want to share with you all, is that I was creating my own insanity because I did not feel good about myself because I felt all of these wounds from a childhood that I just ran like hell from because they were so raw and so difficult that I just masked it by going to the drug of achievement and work and wanting to get the accolade from everyone from everywhere that I just became at everyone else's mercy. And I was running myself into the ground just to get the appraisal. And I controlled that. And and so do you. So with the help of Michael, who is just oh my God has helped me heal so many wounds. He came in with a fucking sledgehammer and broke these walls down that I had built up around me. And He has helped me repair this relationship. And through that repair, I've been able to see my father for who he was not the story I told myself. Someone who didn't have much, he felt like he couldn't support his family. He was just a young kid with his own generational trauma. And when I started to look at it from that angle, it became less about me. It was never about me. And it was more about the truth of his story and where he came from. And at that point, I really began to heal. I want you all to remember this. You are not a prisoner of your past. It was just a lesson. It's not a life sentence. And that freedom comes from changing your thoughts. You control your thoughts. And when you do that, you change your life a great first place to start is by writing a letter to the younger version of yourself. What would you tell him or her? What do they need to let go of? What's on the other end of this? I did that. I wrote a letter to my younger self, and I I wish I could say it was so strategic and planned out, but it just it just sort of happened. And it was so freeing. Take the time to do this ritual. Even if you think it's hokey as shit, which I completely understand, doesn't your younger self deserve this freedom? It's sort of like breaking free of the chains around our neck. Have, have you all seen that? What do they what do the kids call it? A GIF? Is that what they call it? A meme on the Internet about the elephant that's tied to the chair with the chain. And he could easily flip that chair up and break the chain if he could see it. And that's what I think, you know, when I think of breaking these chains around our necks that were put there by our parents who didn't know any better. My friend, allow freedom to be yours. You're the one with the keys. Thank you for taking the time to be here. And most importantly, for taking the first step in investing in yourself. If you liked what you heard, please do make sure to subscribe. So you're up to date on the latest episodes and share with three people in your tribe that would benefit. I'm a huge believer in the power of sharing content, especially when that message is around putting power back into your own life. I would love to hear from you all. If this episode meant something or you'd like to share something with our community, please feel free to reach out to me on Instagram megan.b.miller or if Instagram isn't your jam you can email me megan at megan-miller.com thank you so much for being here please join us next week with a new episode please comment and rate the podcast it does make a difference in sharing our community till next time carry on with intention